Hi there, boys and girls. Mickey D here. You are now watching CMS TV. Stay tuned, and you're going to see more of me, maybe, or hear more of me. Let's let's do this, Eric. Let's change directions a little bit. Now that I'm learning all about the mechanics of playing guitar for Stephen Piercy, okay. Let's see if we can get a collectible, an Eric Ferentino's collectible, <laughs> as well as a Stephen Piercy collectible. Maybe this guy can help us out. He is the owner of Knucklebones, the CEO of Knucklebones, which makes, I would argue, the best looking and the the coolest of all the collectibles. He is Mister. Tony Simerman. Tony, how are you, man? What's up, down under? What is up, <laughs> sir? How are you, man? Good, good, good. Excellent. Well, Tony, we we were just talking. Uh, Eric, Eric, my my co-host here is the um, he plays guitar with Stephen Piercy and Stephen Piercy's band, and and we're trying to figure out what we got to do, how we can convince you to do a Stephen Piercy and Eric Ferentino's Knucklebones collectible. What do we got to do? You, you got to talk to the boss lady. You got to talk to the co-founder, <laughs> Ashley. Look at you pushing it right He's on. He's a green light. I just do what they tell me. <laughs> we have some of your work uh, displayed tonight here. Yeah. You photograph. No, that's, that's Steve Stevens. That's um, that's one yeah. of my faves. I, we try not to play favorites. Anytime Knucklebones does something, it's like our kids, right? So you can't like one better than another. But goddamn, look at that. That's what our, <laughs> look at the look at the dictionary in Rockstar and that that Steve Stevens. That's what, it, yeah. what a Rockstar looks like. Absolutely. That's what I said I, earlier. I said he's magical. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. Well, Tony, let's let's dig into Knucklebones, man. Um, two decades of making. There, there's a lot of collectibles out there. Let's be honest. There's not just Knucklebones. There's you oh, know uh, the the pop rock stuff, and there's there's and obviously with the advent of the the conventions, there's a zillion knockoffs that are all trying to knock off what you and, and just a few have been able to do. And what that is in my eyes, and tell me if any of this is not true, but to me, what it's been, what you've been able to do, create something that's a cool every time out, every single piece that you put out is very cool and B it appreciates in value and finding that combination is very rare. Usually you can find something that's cool, but then somebody mass produces it so much that its value is shit or it'll appreciate in value, but it doesn't necessarily look super cool. You've been able to bridge that gap pretty much since you started. So why don't we start there, man, and talk a little bit about what it is that you do, how it is that you envision a new piece and then the 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 process that you go through to get a piece from your mind to you know to a to a table somewhere to to a man or person cave so yes yeah tw 20 years ago we the the collectibles category i've liked you know ever since i was a kid gi joe with the kung fu grip i'm even old enough to remember action fucking jackson that's how old right I but um <laughs> always loved the category and looked at it about 20 years ago and just 
identified plenty of people doing TV and film and pop culture stuff and being a music super freak forever. We all know those fan bases are just as passionate as any Star Wars set of people or Marvel or anything like that. Sure. And nobody was really focused on it. There would, people would come and go and do, you know, pick off certain big artists and things. They'd do a Hendrix or some Beatles stuff, mm-hmm. which is cool. But we thought, you know, if, what if we were to do a line that focuses specifically on, on music? You know, could, is this something that could be a business? We had an idea that bands would show up if people made something authentic for them. So that was the original idea. Then we had to we had to prove the point. We had to actually pick a product and launch it and make it. So with that thinking in mind, it was never going to be mass produced. It was going to be a limited edition collectible. And the idea of a limited edition collectible is when it's gone, you retire it, sold out. It it can go up in value. We don't have, you know, fans say what fa- things are worth after that sure. point, right? We don't have any mm-hmm. say in that. Um so we, we thought about it and we came up with the ideas. Let's do something that's, you know, make p- things that are performance pieces. Like if you went and saw the band live, that's what I saw in 1960, 70, 80, 90, whatever. Sure. And uh, so then we had to figure out, okay, we, we've got this grandiose idea. Who do we start with? What's the product that you would start with? And mm-hmm. the obvious thing would say, well, you know, you, call it maiden or jimmy page or you know the big the big 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 names that that we all know sure we thought you know what well eventually we'll get there however if we start with that and we have some success we haven't proved anything right because it could it could have been successful just because it's jimmy page right sure anything we do with a a big star like that you might get a we might get a false positive right right so we looked at it and just said we know musicians have their own little cliques and guitar players in particular have their own, their own neighborhoods. Sure. And we thought, you know, Randy Rhodes, mm-hmm. that would be the one where there's Randy freaks, but it's, you know, Randy's not the biggest rock star. If you're going to just like, you know, look at variety magazine or whatever. So we, uh, we thought that would be the good one. If we can have success with that, you know, we think we got something. So okay. I called uh, the Rhodes family and actually spoke with Dolores at Musonia, the school there in Burbank that she taught up right until the time she passed away and went and told them what we wanted to do. We said, mm-hmm. you know, the reason we're starting with Randy. And they said, yeah. And then the real funds begins. Now we have to do what we say. We have to make something cool. And we have to get it to people around the world a few thousand times. Sure. So that was it. in 2003. So that's about the time we get comfortable putting our credit card into a web feed. Right. Okay. You know, sure. So all those things come together. We're, we're like this product. You know, if we don't, we're never going to be at Target, you know, Target or Walmart on an end cap. We don't care. Right. We're going to be a fan focused direct to consumer company. So now that is very cool and what you should do. Then it was very radical and people thought we were stupid or crazy or both. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you know, and and that's the interesting thing to me. I'm going to go back a little bit to what you were saying. 
I agree with you a thousand percent, not that you need my agreeance, but, but obviously you could do Ozzy and it's Ozzy. People buy it because look, I got a Lemmy, whatever right here. You know, I don't know who makes this or whatever. This is a, a Lemmy action figure. It sold to me, not because it was made by the company. It sold to me because it's Lemmy, you know, <laughs> and, and, and there's, there's a million others like that. And you have, a, a large collection of that. But the one thing that I think knuckle bones does better than anybody is the fact that you don't just focus on the, the artist you, you have artist ones, but you also like the one that you have right behind you with the um, Angus riding on, um, on um, Brian Johnson's shoulders. That's, that's an iconic moment it's an iconic vision it's a it's a moment that you've captured not just the artist and i think you guys do that a lot and i think that takes a lot of vision and it's you know it, it takes a lot of vision to kind of think like your audience and i think that's lost a lot in in the creative game these days is thinking like the audience do, do you agree yeah and the thing is though we're, we're lucky around here because we we don't have to think like the audience. We, we are the audience. We, okay. we, make, we make stuff that, we, you know what? We're pretty sure a few thousand people around the world are going to like this. Sure. And, you know, most of the time, most of the time we're right. Now, are we super fans for everything we've ever created in 20 years? No, you can't, you know, can't be a super fan for everything. But right. um, certainly have you know, an appreciation for it and know, you know, know how we feel and how important the artists you know were for us growing up and just every time we do something remember that this this art this artist that we're doing there's a few thousand people in the world this is the most important thing to them this defines them this is what they tell their kids about this is what they right. still put in and talk about mm -hmm. so we try to every time we do something new we try to remember that this artist right here is the most important artist in the world to a lot of people. So sure. That way. Are, are there pieces on the market that when you envisioned it, when, when you and your team envisioned it, you had a vision. And then when it was produced for whatever reason, it just didn't turn out the way you wanted it to be. Every time. Oh, every time. Okay. <laughs> Why so? Yeah, I haven't made something in 20 years where it gets to the end and I go, oh, man. <laughs> so you have a, a sculptor that you work with? Uh, is there, or is it you you folks that do it right there? Or as far as the original? We do it here and we have people around the world. I'm, my background's in fine arts and sculpting okay. and animation. So I'm the, the designer and creative director. I don't sculpt much anymore it's a young man's game we're not we don't function well as a company if i get to do the fun stuff i get to do all the the, the business stuff delegating everybody right else, everybody yeah. else gets to have the fun sculpting <sighs> is the, the pleasurable part but we have people in europe people in china uh, just about every time zone so it's a, it's a long day here we're in california right. Bay area home of thrash there you go. Right. <laughs> um, so we're up early because we, you know, we got to catch people in Europe before they, they check out. And then about the time we're wanting to wind down, Asia's waking up and we, <laughs> they'll need something. <laughs> it's a long day. Right on. You know, it, it's interesting. You'd say that about the business thing. I, I have a very similar 
I, I um, own the fifth largest um, arcade in the country, pinball, pinball and video game arcade. I'm a pin, and, total pinball nerd. Well, there you go. We have, we have to talk offline, just pinball. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, all my guys that work with me or work for me, they all make fun of me because I am the absolute worst at pinball. I, I mean, I suck. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. And my answer is probably the same as your answer is, which is the minute I get good at it is the minute we stop making money, you know, because really? I got to worry about paying the bills, keeping the lights on, getting asses through the door. You know, it's the same thing. You you can either focus on the creative or you can focus on the money, but you can't do them both, or else, or else the business will fail because it becomes a, it becomes a fan thing instead of a business thing. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm the creative director and designer, so I design everything. But the the hands-on production, I try to not go down that rabbit hole because it, yeah, you can't do a good job at everything. So right. it's 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 a balance. Um, but we've got you know great people on the team and. We're a small company. Everybody wears a lot of, a lot of hats. We get a lot done with a, a few great, a great people. Right but yeah, on. it, it's it's a business, and yeah. <laughs> we're in the we're in the we're in the entertainment business, is what people say. What do you do? And we, yeah, we're in the entertainment uh, business. We're music you, merchandising. Tony, can you give us any insight into like which estates were were challenging to get permission from, or which corporations, or what have you? You know, any it's easy. The, the, that conversation, you know, even ten years ago was different than it is today. Today, we're like I say, we're twenty years old. We're the only ones that have focused on music merchandising. So companies, big and small, typically know who we are, and you know, right. they know you do a good job. What we, what we do, and you know, we don't mess around with artists' image and likeness and legacy. We do what we say. Sure. So we don't do much outbound licensing anymore. It's, it's a lot of times it's the, the licensed bands and the, the, the talent will come to us. And it's a matter of us setting out a slate. You know, we're, we're not a huge company. We can only do so many projects a year. And right. we say, say we, we say we can make more money. We can't make more time. So we right. have to, we have to pick the products we think that are, that fans really want, want to do the best and, uh, you don't want to do like the, a Jared from Subway or something. You don't <laughs> want to waste your time on that. We've been asked for so much, you know, so much weird stuff. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? I mean, it's, I, I sometimes I, I don't think it's a joke. Like, is this, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> they actually want us to, you know, we do, right? Um, the, so the, the licensing part, while that is always a challenge, it's definitely easier today than it was, you know, in the beginning, in, sure. the, in the beginning. And the category has gotten bigger. 20 years ago, you know, record labels still made money selling music and artists merchandising was what the artists did to supplement not making a lot of money a lot of times selling music. Sure. So now now it's come full circle and the big companies, the Sony's, the Universal's, they've all had to go back and pay a lot of money for the merchandising rights for all these bands. Right. So it, we we'll work with the big companies, and then you know when we did King Diamond's project, we worked right with King and Livia, okay. his wife. So it's we've worked any any just about any company structure to get a project done. We we've, we've done over the. 
Sure. Over the 20 years. Have you ever had anybody like, I'm not saying this is one at all. So I'll be clear in saying this is a hypothetical. Let's say somebody, <laughs> okay. let's, let's say, let's say somebody like Dimebag, you know, you do, you obviously have a great Dimebag thing and you've done the Pantera, which I got to have, by the way, this one right here. I have to have this. Yeah. Let's that, look at some of the stuff from well, hold, his Hold on site. a minute. Hold on a minute, Eric. We will. There's the dime bag right there. Let me put him back on full screen. Put, hold that back up. There he is. Look at that. Reinventing the steel. That thing is so sweet. <laughs> I don't know how well you see it. You see, yeah, see we can it. see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. That's an amazing piece. And so this dime, that was an interesting story. So a couple, a couple of times in the, like, you know, there's things that work, work in the universe. So I see Randy Rhodes uh, in 1982 in Atlanta, mm -hmm. opening, uh, you know, for Ozzy on Diary of a Madman. And they go to play Knoxville the next day. And then Randy's gone the following day. So, right. I mean, I, I still had the hangover from the, the show. The, the wow. <laughs> two days before. So when we were uh, the Dimebag uh, statue, we, I was actually going to um, – LA and Zach Wild was going to be at a photo shoot and we were going to just do some photos for his statue. He was up next. And of course he was good friends with Dime and he told him what he was doing and Dime had said, "What? Wait a minute. You you're getting a guitar hero statue ahead of me? What the hell, you know, and so, <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with that? You need to and uh, so it was they were going to we were going to get introduced. So I see damage plan. Okay. You know, a week and before going to see Zach, and at, right. when I'm on the way to to travel, fly early in the morning, I see the little news blurb on the TV that guitar player shot on stage, right. and of course it's Dime, and I right. immediately thought back to 1982 because I had just seen it. Right. Wow. And it, it was a really strange feeling. So. Didn't know what to do. Went to the airport, and then people got a hold of us, and you know, we we knew what had happened, but we did. I didn't know what to do. Sure. So I was just. We talked about it and said, you know, if if the photo shoot goes on, you don't show up. You know, they decide they want to soldier through it. But uh, right. Zach was already he was already in Dallas by then. So. Okay. Wow, it's crazy. Great, crazy, crazy, strange. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I, I guess I, I'll go back to my question while we're in this down spot, but have you had anybody that has licensed anything changed because a, because a member or that person that you've done a piece on passed away where it goes from the artist making the decision to the family making the decision about the licensing of the image? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that happens. Um, the, we've had situations where we've had a license and we're far along doing everything, you know, how we're supposed to. And an estate will have occasionally have some hiccups with a band when a, when somebody's no longer with us and that will bite us. The, the who set we did you know, ended up just being, um, uh, Roger. Yeah, Roger. Roger. Yeah. yeah. Where the 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 moon and whistle estates weren't 
what works and who has licenses at that time. And that's, that will happen, you know, a few times we'll put out, you know, a lineup and there'll be somebody missing and the, uh, the fans will immediately, you know, take issue. <laughs> like, right. How can you, how dare you? <laughs> like, guys, <laughs> we, we asked the band, okay, who is the band? And this is the right. line they gave us. So it, yeah, if somebody's missing, it's no, we didn't forget them. <laughs> just, right. Every, hey, where's John and whistle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean that. That I mean that's a that's a music thing, right? That's famous. Bands are always, you know, mm-hmm. in and out of love with each other, and there's always issues around the business. So we're no we're no different. That does that does happen. Now, Tony, let me ask: is the is the biggest selling one from the Kiss fans out there? They they were that are always into such things. Um, Kiss is, I mean, it's almost like its own country. <laughs> right. We, I don't want to say we don't relate anything we do with Kiss, you know, but it's just, we know that the, the Kiss army and fandom is, is there. And, you know, for uh, over a decade, we didn't bother doing any Kiss stuff. Right. We okay. just thought, you know, fans, they've got so much, do they need, you know, do they need us to do it? And uh, the Kiss camp called us about, I guess, eight years ago now, and just said, "What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Have you ever right. like, nothing? We just think, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, and a lot of it's really good. You know, sure. do the do the fans really want us to do it? And the the answer was, yeah, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, right." So, uh, so yeah, we started and I will occasionally outsmart ourselves. Sometimes we will start with something that is something we'll always try to pick something that somebody hasn't done, you know, or something that try to give fans something different. So we started with the love gun era, which is cool, but you think think we would start with a live or destroyer. That would be the natural. Right. Not dressed to kill. You don't do dress yeah. to kill I, with those old timey seventies. Yeah, suits? with the with the suits, those are cool. <laughs> I mean, the the answer always, you know, for kids is, are we going to do it? The answer is yes. It's just what order are we going to do stuff? Right. So, bre- breaking that. news here: the the destroyer set is up next for kids. Right, that's the best one. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that's the. I mean, that's when the, they take the production value. You know. They were here when, you know, with a lighted sign and some fog and it, you know, it goes there. I got to, I got to see that, uh, that tour with opening act, Bob Seger. Wow. (laughs) Hell yeah. Wow. Back back then you could have some wacky, um, tour. Mm -hmm. Not so much anymore, (laughs) but you would get people, you would think, what? Rush opened up for them for a time. Yeah, I mean, I, Ged, Ged and and Gene are like <laughs> best buds to this to this day. They're they're pretty they're pretty yeah. tight. Yeah, they they did a lot of weird tours too. I have a poster in on on my wall that's a uh, Kiss with opening act Journey. So you know they they did a lot of those oddball shows back then. Yeah, and you, you just think the poor the poor opening act. They, they probably oh, yeah. got, they probably got brutalized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiss, 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 kiss. 
his fans are so forgiving, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no doubt. Well, well, Tony, um, you know, one one of our one of our viewers uh wants to know about Van Halen. They'd love to see a Van Halen uh, knuckle bones. Is that so let me let me see what, what can I say about Van Halen where I won't get into it hurt anybody's feelings or get into trouble. So since the beginning of the company, mm -hmm. uh, maybe two or three years in, remember I said we're not gonna we're gonna start here. We're not gonna sure. start, you know. Um, got in contact with Eddie's management and would always get a uh, thank you. Ed politely declines. So every year I'd have it on the calendar. You know, <laughs> about this time, as a matter of fact, it's all it, it, every year it would be a different management group. Right. Um, for Eddie in particular. And just polite, no, polite, no, polite, no. All of the, all of a sudden, this is, this is over a decade ago. I get this weird email from uh, an AOL email account. And I'm like, what, what is this? And it's, <laughs> it sounds like Piercy. Hey, um, Tony, this is Ed. Um, my manager didn't tell me about this statue thing that you want to do um please call me and i'm thinking okay who who is, right. this is a really clever troll job yeah. <laughs> who, evh at aol.com somebody's com. really good yeah <laughs> it's fine you know offer teachers 63 yeah, at AOL. yeah no, it's like, <laughs> the email was like page mister or something really odd. okay yeah but there was a phone number so i'm like okay i'll play long 310 blah 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 and it's a voicemail. And I'm like, man, somebody's really gone to a lot of trouble. And that sounded like Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> wow. And about 10 minutes later, Ed calls and says, hey, yeah, I just moved on from this management. I never saw this. This looks pretty cool. You know, do you still want to do it? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we do. <laughs> um, and uh, it was right before holiday time. Okay. He said, "Hey, Wolfie's coming in for holidays. Can we can we catch up after Christmas?" And I said, "Absolutely, sure." So, call him after Christmas. No return calls. There's a new management group. Finally, I, I get that. the Ed says thank you. He politely declines. Oh, so, uh... so uh, two years ago, um, the. Ed's attorney at that time, he used to be the um, lead attorney for Fender guitar. Okay. So, you know, we go way back with, with Fender and we all know each other and he was doing legal stuff for Ed. And he calls and said, you know, we're talking to this about this collectible stuff with Ed, you know, he, would you, I know you talked about it in the past, would you consider doing it? And I said, of course. So we started working on it and you know, the thing is basically finished, but, you know, Ed passed away uh, oh. right as we were finishing it. So the, the Eddie one's done. Okay. But, you know, now with them passing away, you know, now the, the estate has to resettle and everything. So there's, mm -hmm. we had to just put a pin in it. Right. So um, for us to go, you know, there's no such thing as Van Halen management, right? It's a bunch of different 
sure it's all new yeah. people it's ever changing people and alex's people and right so you know and it never say never say never because you know we got the sabbath set done with all the original guys sure um you know it it can happen at some point it doesn't look like that's something we're going to be able to give you anytime soon but right. that uh, there's a chance know, folks know that, chance. know that i've got a beautiful we've got a beautiful design with head on one knee in front of the original stacks with the speaker bomb, like on the first tour nice. uh, with the white guitar and the uh, black stripes. Yeah. The, uh, the nice bell bottom. <laughs> nice. Like bell a bottom 77, 78 era, like that early, uh -huh. early era. Nice. I was like, yeah, they, they opened for Sabbath when I first saw them on the never say die tour. Like sure. I remember, I can remember we're going there and the record has just come out and we're, I'm on, I'm talking shit on the way over there. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about, it's all about this guy right here. There you go. Yeah. We're not gonna hear, that's all studio shit. We're not going to hear any of that eruption shit live. <laughs> <laughs> they come out and they got about 35 minutes. And I mean, I'm not, I, I love Van Halen, but you know, Van Halen's not my, favorite band so it's i'm not like sure. super fanboy okay it might be the most amazing 35 minute set i ever saw they i mean they were so good it like hurt my feelings Nice. <laughs> 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 it was like god damn I mean, sabbath came out and you know sabbath at that time i think if you talk to sabbath camp they'll tell you that's not it they're they're not performing at their they're high at the Van Halen. That's on their first national tour. But yeah, I can remember kind of being being down a little bit because Van Halen is so goddamn good. Amazing. Right. Dude, do you are there artists and and I, I know this from doing this? I've been interviewing and being a radio guy for like 20 some years. So I've met I've met my heroes, the same as you. You know, I've met them all, you know, from from Metallica to the smallest bands, you know, I've met everybody I would ever want to meet. That being said, some of them, I wish I hadn't, you know, some of them, some <laughs> better, of them to have, just, better to have heroes. Yeah. Yes. For you, are there guys that you've worked with that you're, that you went into it completely pumped up where you were like, I can't believe I'm working with blah, blah, blah. And then when you met them, they were just complete dicks. And just a pain in the ass. And didn't like their facial expression on the, on the the collectible, or didn't like the the way the pants looked, or the way the fingers hold the guitar. You know, just were such pains in the ass that it really spoiled them for you. Hey, we've been lucky. In typically, when we've dealt directly with the artist, and we haven't, you know, had management in between. Right. The artists themselves have always been pretty pretty cool to, to okay. bear um, artist management, you know, people in between us and them can make things complicated at, at times. But you know what, what we say is, look, we've been doing this a long time. We're, we're good at what we do. Sure. Uh, but we will, we will take notes and is we will revise to the end of time until everybody's happy. Okay. And all, all we ask is when you're giving us, feedback we're happy to make the change the only thing i i want to be able to say every time is this change is making 
the piece better. Sure. That's all. That's all we ask. I don't care how small the revision is. Right. So uh, what? I just what want is the, the piece to be getting better. What is the process length on on the average piece? Is it three months, a year? You know what? How long does it take from concept in your mind through talking and getting approvals to designing something to getting approval to getting it, you know, for sale. I mean, it, it can, it can vary widely. If, if we know, if we know, okay, that we're doing the, the artist and we're doing this era and it's going to mm -hmm. be this costume and this guitar or whatever. So we've got that part out of the way and we can dive right in on, okay, what, what's a pose, what's iconic from that era. Sure. You can be ready with something to show in as little as two or three weeks with a very finished statue design. Okay. Wow. Um, it can be that fast or it can be, you know, we've missed two Christmases with some artists, which I won't mention. <laughs> One of them's not on the screen right now, is it? <laughs> no, not that, not them. Because <laughs> I know no. the, I know the guy in the middle there has been known to be a little difficult about everything. <laughs> Gunners are uh, angels. They have worked great with us. Slash had some changes that he wanted to do on these designs. Axel yeah. and Duff had no changes. All right. Just because it's not on this one, why no hat on Slash, that's just yours is like the only one I think I've ever seen without the hat. Well, because we've done this, we did what well, we've done two two previous Slash statues, and they both had the hat. Okay, and just you know, when I say we're trying to do that live moment, if, if you know when you see you know Gons, especially today, he wears the hat a really small part of the show. Yeah, true. He may come out in it, you know, he'll he'll do some encore stuff in it. I but saw him. Know, airport uh once and the tsa made him take his hat off which i thought was like you motherfuckers <laughs> make him sit. that's goddamn slash right there he's Come not on. gonna take down the plane but, no uh, we, we talked about it and i said you know what we're, we're there's gonna people that, there's gonna be people that say where's the hat but i i just like doing something different as a collector that's the piece that I like it. I, I want it. Yeah. Right there. Awesome. No, I love, I love, I love the way this is what, like 91, 92 era. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For? yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the peak peak look. And the, you know, for, for people that aren't old enough to remember the most iconic part about the one that's on the screen right now is Axel's mic stand because, because it, it just, it was the, a, a visual piece of the show. It yeah. really was, and you captured that beautifully. It's 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 so yeah, with cool. the uh with the mean with the the mean machine uh, jersey. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's too cool. Let's yeah, look through a couple was, more. No gun, guns. Um, since they've you know gotten back together and, and touring, the our dealings with them has been fantastic. Okay, get back in a reasonable time. The the nightmare for us is. We've got something and we, everything, you know, needs to be officially approved. We've sent it in. We, we say, we think we're ready mm -hmm. and somebody just doesn't get back to us. Right. It's all engine stop. That's the one thing we don't have an answer for. If somebody just doesn't get right. Back. Sure.
That happened on the Jimmy Page, first Jimmy Page statues. We signed the license, and Jimmy was doing a lot of stuff in uh, for the rainforest. And okay. Charities, and so he was in South America a lot. And he had said, I really want the knuckle bones to see the poppy suit, which is the white dragon mm-hmm. suit. He, call, he calls yeah. that the poppy suit. Okay. Uh, I really want them to see it and photograph it. And we're like, well, hell yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, well, when do you want us there? Oh, uh, let us check with Jimmy. So, you know, a year passes. <laughs> And we're Jeez. dead in the water. I finally just went to the management and said, guys, we're going to have to tear up this agreement, and, you know, just come back to it when Jimmy's, you know, a little more available. Right. Actually, I think he might be coming back next week. Let me check. And they got right back to us and said, can you be in London next week? Jimmy has the suit. You know, he wants uh, you to come. It's Al- Alistair Crowley's house. <laughs> Jimmy has five. They told us he has five different properties right in London. <clears throat> so this uh, this particular house was one of his working houses. So we fly we fly to England, and it's Ashley, my wife, the co-founder, and I. And you know we've got our photos set up, and he's hired a six foot one female fashion model to model the suit. He was okay. Six foot one with a 26 inch waist in 1970. Jeez. Rockstar, rockstar chic. Right. So we have the meeting the night before the management comes over and meets us at our hotel. And it's like, here's the rules for meeting Jimmy. And I'm like, Oh God. Right. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Don't say this. Don't talk about this. Don't ask. I'm like, so basically don't talk to Jimmy and just take photos. No, that's not what we're saying. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This is, <laughs> so we just think this, and we're not sure if Jimmy's going to be there, but the suit's going to be there. And um, only one of you can go. Oh, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and then they have to get up and go and take a call. And uh, my wife is like, she, she actually needs to help with the, the production bit, she's like, oh, my God, he came all this way. And I'm like, oh, I'm like wait a minute. I'm right. Just don't say anything. I'm, I'm going to fix this. So when right. I come back and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be doing a live photo shoot with a live feed. And I'm going to have to be posing the model to make sure they don't move because every shot has to match to help the sculptor. Uh, and if this screws up, who's who here is going to take the blame? Because they're not going to be us. So. You need to do what Ashley's going to do. Who's doing it? Um, let me, let's call you right back. <laughs> yeah, all, all good. So it's, okay, well, give us the address. We'll see you there tomorrow. Well, we can't give you the address to Jimmy Page's house. We'll have a car pick you up. What? Come on. Fine. Put a hood on your head. Yeah, yeah. put a hood on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, fine. And the meeting's 10 o'clock. Car shows up 930 drives us to these townhomes not far off Piccadilly. And, you know, they're nice, but I'm looking at them going, man, the back catalog's not doing that great. These these houses <laughs> don't look that These don't look like Jimmy Page places to me. So they drop us off, and they're like, there it is. Okay. So on the cell phone, and we go in, and there's this townhouse, and there's some music posters around, and I call the manager, and I'm like, okay, we're here. He's like, well, where are you? We're downstairs. 
we'll come upstairs. That's where we are. So we go upstairs and there's like a secretary in an office. And I'm like, we're supposed to be Jimmy Page and his manager. Like, so they're like, Jimmy Page? What the hell? <laughs> Jeez. So I call him back up and say, we're upstairs. We're, it's like, you can't be upstairs. We're, tell me, look around. What's I'm like, okay, well, you got this Woodstock poster over here. But it, like, you're at Sanctuary Records. You're at the wrong place. You're late. <laughs> it was your friggin' driving your car. The wrong, the wrong place. <laughs> so now they have to give us the address. And we now we're late. We're all stressed. So we go over to a another set of townhomes that is like, okay, these are townhomes that look like aircraft hangars. This is, yeah, this is Jimmy's neighborhood. Right. And we go in through the basement. There's a bunch of Marshall stuff laying around in the basement to go into the back. We're going up to the work area, and I hear him. And it's, I can hear him talking. <laughs> nice. So we go up, and Jimmy, uh, you know, the, the managers are trying to, like, be all handling and everything. Jimmy's like, get out of the way. Right. Super, super cool. Was super interested in all the details on how we were going to make it, because he's a he's a production guy, right? Sure. So he had, he had a ton of really, like, I mean, like, I can't believe – Jimmy Page actually wants to know this stuff. <laughs> nice. So the, the be a beautiful fashion model was there in the poppy suit. I've still got the, the stunning photographs from it. It was quite amazing. Um, but yeah, we got to photograph the poppy suit. And uh, Jimmy's known for being really particular. We got through both of Jimmy's projects flawlessly. Those are those are two of the best things that we've, we've done in 20 years, I think. Sure. What's well, so the poppy suit? Like, is this like because he has the dragon? Is the white, it like the white, the dragon? It's the white suit with the right. poppy and dragon on it. It's back. Can you see where I'm pointing? It's actually back. Nah, there. It's off screen. It's off screen. You want me to get it? Yeah, yes. I guess. Go yeah. ahead. Yes, we that. do. Let's see what we got. <laughs> I was thinking like poppy seeds to make heroin and then like a chase the dragon <laughs> kind of fucking thing. I don't think that's what it is. I think so. Well, that, that. Yeah, see the side of the suit. That's the poppy. There it is. Wow, that is cool. So then the back, the back is all that's embroidered. So we did super detailed. Man, that is cool. Photograph. Nice. That's all sculpted and then hand painted. Wow. So it's got the fifty-nine Les Paul. And the, yeah. And so that's the, uh, oh. what is that? Is that the number? Is that the number two? Right. Right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The one. The one is the more reddish one i think right dude yeah. how how much does ebay hurt your business and what i mean by that is i mean you do astounding work and you set a price for it and and it's and, and it's it's pretty reasonable really i mean i mean there definitely is some pieces that you know i want to buy that might be a little out of my range but you know, th that being said, you know, you pay for what, you, you know, there's a, there's a value to it. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But then you go to eBay and you see the same pieces for like $950 for a $200 piece. And, and again, this is just as a fan speaking, but if that's the first place somebody sees it, they think that everything you sell is that level too, before they ever go to your website. And I think that actually probably hurts the collectibles 
because people, you know, they, they kind of base off of what they see on eBay, which is the bigger, freer site to see the stuff. Does it hurt you or do you not even look at that avenue? No, we, we look at it cause we're constantly looking for, uh, chicanery. Right. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, what we did five years ago, it, it, where pieces are exp- sold out, pieces are expensive. I don't have any specific data to say that hurts us. Okay. What I know is, you know, we're a super fan and collectors company. Sure. Uh, I know that the people ha- who have, you know, continued to be with us for twenty years, absolutely love that because they know they've you know, invested something and it's gone up in value. But again, it's the price of it is whatever the fans decide it is. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't play in the secondary market really. Um, But what I would say is uh, distribution in the U S is much different than it was five years ago. We, we had, we, we sold through distributors in the U S who would sell to smaller retailers who could do uh, online stores and things like that. And what we what we found a practice was people would get a new piece and have an eBay store mm-hmm. and they would put one of our brand new pieces out there and they would do an auction for a dollar. OK, using our, you know, brand new, you know, super hot oh. collectible as a loss leader to get people to their store. Right. Uh, and that's when we said no bueno to that. So five years ago, we cut everybody off in the U.S. If okay. you buy something from Knucklebones now in the United States, we are the sole source online. Okay. So if you're seeing something online and it's it's a new piece, you better read the fine print. That not, might not be as advertised. Right. It's a, um, it, and that, it, that was because, you know, in that instance, people are just not doing the right thing, right? You, you got a high-end piece and somebody's just throwing it out there for a, a marketing goof. I hope nobody right. uh, steals Scully's image, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think Scully's going to have the same influence as the knuckle bones pieces. I don't that's know, for man. Sure. He's getting pretty popular. Yeah, well, Not quite that popular, but well, d- Tony, let, let me, let me ask you this, man, doing, doing this, you, you're, you're as aware as I am that, there's just not new big rock stars coming up. There's just not, you know, and and I wish there were, there's a lot of great bands, but there's none that are super iconic. You're not going to do a Wolfie Van Halen one. (laughs) If if Wolfie calls us, we'll absolutely do that. Um, (laughs) Do you you worry that, that, that there's not going to be, New, like, like, would there be a kill switch? I wouldn't say I'm worried worried about it. Um, and you know, this is what I know that you know, rock's doing just fine, Mm. and there's more talent and as much passion as there's ever been. The issue is, you know, we when we grew up, or certainly when I grew up, you know, things were still curated, right? Mm. You had label system, and you went to a record store, and you found out things virally or you went and just saw a, an album cover and you bought records right because the album looked cool it wasn't right. getting played on the radio you know mm-hmm. um and that's how you did things so it was and you had you just had less entertainment to choose from right so right. There, there's a better chance for just severe 
you know, fandom and reverence. But, you know, the rock stars are, are there and they're as amazing as ever, but it's a goddamn fire hose. You know, it's yeah. it's a lot of, you know, we we had the, the you know, the sprinkler for, you know, in the yard and we're drinking like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody else is. Right. Here's all this amazing shit. How the hell right. do you find it? How do you mm-hmm. create reverence for it? Right. It's it's just it's just harder. But you know, there's always going to be rock stars. I think you know they merge in different ways. I mean, a good example is uh, you know Ghost. I know that 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 band triggers some people. Mm-hmm. Not metal. Not metal enough. Too metal. <laughs> they have a great image for. Figures, but though. you know, there's somebody that you know a band that struggled, 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 and all of a you know. 10 years ago that, you know, the pop emeritus thing hits. And now, you know, ghost is one of our biggest sellers. And, you know, that's, that's a band that's, you know, a decade old mm-hmm. and, you know, most of it, and, you know, think about it, you mm-hmm. know, we're a handmade, you know, piece of fine art. Mm-hmm. Generally that's going to be, you know, that might be the band that you listen to in your twenties and now you're in your thirties. Right. And that, that's when it becomes something that we should probably get involved in. Okay. Um, so I'm not, I'm not worried because there's amazing, cool stuff. You know, my daughters are 18 and 20, you know, so they'll bring me stuff to, to right. check out. And I'll be like that. That's, that's badass. But right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's maybe, you know, 10 years removed. Think of it. You know, think of it that way. You know, when we first started, Slipknot was, you know, the, you know, the new metal oddity. And now they're, you know, it's classic rock now. Right. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I I think it's evergreen. And as you know, the rock metal genre, it's like this, right? It's steady. We're not Mm -hmm. going anywhere. We don't get those huge spikes that, you know, pop and other musical genres get. But we also don't get the valleys, you know, it, right. it, it never, it, it's never going to go away. We're metal hard rock heads are super stubborn. They're going to mm-hmm. make sure. Right. Right. And, and, and metal, metal people more than anybody else want to support the art. They want to support. They're underserved. Not- and I mean, that, that's the reason knuckle bones. That was our thinking. There, there are fan bases that are under, that are underserved, you know, Who's going to take a crack at this other than Knuckle Bones right here? Nice. Wow. <laughs> Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus. That's awesome. <laughs> Channel Masters came through here, and it's the first time I've been out to a, a show in a smaller venue. Sure. And there was some full-on thuggery down front, and the, the, the pit was super active. It was It was awesome. Right. <laughs> you still get in there and do it? I haven't tried that since I was a teenager. It's dangerous. I'm talking big shit. I was up on a balcony. I, I had a I was I was <laughs> taken care of by candle mass. I wanted to, but I thought Yeah, you were amused just watching it from up above. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing. I'm 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 from above, so I'm I'm like got the telestrator out saying, yep. Okay, we got Oh, that was an amazing move. <laughs> and, you know, for the most part, you know, every, there was a thuggery, but, you know, rules were upheld. For rule number one, somebody falls down, help their ass up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rule number know. one. 
Yeah, but rule number two is once you pass 40, you don't recover from the pit like you did when you were 20. Somebody <laughs> can't help you up. You're down for the count. <laughs> I I know. I, I'll, I'll tell you both this story real quick. Uh, 10 years ago, I know, and I know for a fact it was 10 years ago, I was at a Seven Dust, a Seven Dust and a reunited coal chamber show. And right. I just decided, okay, I hadn't been in the pit in a while. I was going to get back in the pit. Got back in the pit for Seven Dust. I got knocked to the floor and I hit the floor so hard. I don't think I've ever been hit harder by anything in my life. And I just was like, this is my last time I'm ever going to be in the pit. I, I came out, my whole leg was black and blue. I was like, I think I've passed the point. I'm just, I'm too old for this now. And I hate it because I want to get in. It's, it's yeah, like, the no, mind it was, wants it, but the body sure don't. It was funny. The kids, uh, the daughters are down in, down in LA and so they were here in, in San Francisco and right. that we got them uh, in the, the show in LA and they were, you know, they're making old people jokes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, I, I'm going to tell you now, you just think it through. If you want to be, don't, don't get, don't get near the front. Yeah. They, they didn't listen. And it was apparently even more carnage than here. They would say, retreat. Yeah, right. It was like, yeah. Dad, there was nowhere to go. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's that's it what was it was a sea of bodies. That's it. It's yeah. you get a venue like that, and the blood hits the water. That's right. The, the, the bodies the, were the, hitting the floor, Dad. Let the bodies hit the float. Yeah. And yeah, they were like, Dad, was that what it's like in the day? And I'm like, you're you're in the day. Yeah. That you just went to a doom metal show. That's what they're like. Oh my well, god. I, and the crazy thing is living where you are as crazy as that may have been, that doesn't touch an Exodus show at Ruthie's in, um, you know, oh. 1989 or what? God, no. God, no. I mean, this, yeah, this was the, you know, the, the, the cross training CrossFit version of it. Right. But yeah, the, the, just, I mean, the, the bands and the crowd, everything was, everything was faster. Oh, yeah. it was very, like, I, I would always be the one that like somebody would go over the top and I'd get like the, the, the like fluke injury of, you know, getting kicked in the ear, like right, right, right at the beginning. So you, yeah. you, you have an injury, you have to fight through the, the rest right. of the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, Raging slab open for uh, Megadeth. Okay. And the, Raging Slab people were there early, and it was like, wow, this supporting band, a lot of, a lot of support, a lot of people here early, and yeah, somebody goes over the top, boots me right in the side of the friggin' head, and I, my my ear had a heartbeat the rest of the show. <laughs> Man, I I used to live out there in in the glory days. I lived out there from eight, I was in the military, so I was there from. 88 to 92. I was stationed at Fort Ord. So I used to every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So every single weekend for me was driving up to San Francisco and it was either Ruthie's Inn, the Omni, the Stone, whatever. And it didn't matter what was coming. It just was like you war went. At war, war at the Warfield. War at the Warfield. You know, all those, all those places. And you would go. I would go anyway. I didn't even care. I did. Truthfully, I didn't know the bands 
that I was seeing. It, it could be the, uh, you know, the cosmic cowboys, or it could be the organization, which was death angel basically with, with a different singer. And it was like, who yeah, cares? From right over here in the, the East Bay. Yeah. And I, I used to love that scene. And you try to explain that to people now, they just don't get it. They just don't under, you know, when you tell them that Exodus was a bigger band than Metallica, nobody even believes it. They're just like, no, no, that can't be. And it's like, yes, yeah, that, they were. That's, that's the one that you think, you know what, what the, there's something wrong with the cosmos. Cause I mean, yeah. that, that one, why, why does one happen and one doesn't, you know? There's a parallel universe somewhere where the toxic waltz is the number one song. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, right. it really was. I mean, back then, it, you know, it, it's that so metal, weird. Metal Church is another one that I think, man, that's oh. just underrated, you know? Yeah. Well, the only reason Metal Church, I, I believe, the only reason Metal Church didn't break out was because they were further north. That is because yeah. they were from Seattle or Washington area. And if they would have just moved, if they would have moved to San Francisco, they might've been the biggest band to come out of the whole scene because they, they not only were they great as a metal band, but they had almost that skid rowy sort of ballads, but better, you know, harder, better, you know, God's a wrath or, you know, yeah, let yeah. us pray. Yeah. Let's watch the children pray. You know, yeah. Yeah. I bought that record, the metal church one with the metal the church, metal church, metal church, metal <laughs> church, or yeah. ton of bricks. Ton of bricks. I mean, they were so good. I, I agree with you. Metal Church, another one that could have, but there's always those bands. I, I think we all, we all probably have that band that we look at and are like, how is this band? You know, I always point to skin lab. How did machine head get to be a giant band and skin lab? That was arguably a better band. Most yeah. people that are listening that even today gross. are like, who are they? The whole show on those bands that are like, man, I'd love to just, why, why, why did it go down? Yep. Sacred Rights is another one. Sacred Rights is another one, yeah. That just, God, why didn't people get the joke yeah. and ask? I saw yeah. them open for Pantera. Another another uh, injury, 30 seconds in the pit. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> comes over and kicks me right in the goddamn eye. <laughs> Jesus. Earache my eye. I'm like, 20, I'm like 20 whatever. I'm like, is it is it ever gonna get better? <laughs> now you had a teach and song one. I just dropped a uh, earache my eye joke in there. <laughs> well, I thought that was a good segue to your teach and songs. Pretty cool Pan too. Pantera is a good one for getting injured, though. I I got hurt at a Pantera. It was Pantera, Sepultura, and Biohazard on. Um, oh, I saw that. I saw oh, that tour. And that I was just, that was a, that was brutal. Oh. And I I was down in the mosh pit just crushing until somebody just came off and landed right square on top of my head and just compacted my spine. And I was like, Oh God, kill me. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's somebody going over the top. It's, it's oh. always the punch you don't see. Yep. <laughs> you see them coming. That's fine. But they, they come from back here. Yeah. Oh, oh well, without yep. that one, um, that show we were, we were lucky. Cause it was about, it was, I saw them in Virginia, which is like a big swamp. Okay. And it was like 95 with 112% humidity. So it was so friggin' hot that the thuggery, by the time Pantera got there, people were kind of worn out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So happily, happily 
happily mossing. Right. Exactly. Well, Tony, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'd love to have you come back on at some time just to talk, just to shoot the shit about metal. Not you even about. What? We should do. We should do it. We'll pick. Let's pick a time when we're gonna uh, announce something new. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll broadcast it. We'll bust a move on it live here. Absolutely, man. Dude, doors always open. We're on every Monday, eight eight to ten Eastern. You know, the doors open for you if whenever you want to do it, even if you don't want to promote something, if you want just want to come on and shoot the shit about I, you know, the, or whatever. It's we I'm dad we're here in the, the the silo, you know, we're we're just at it all the time. Sure. Trying to get all the stuff to that we've got on plate to the, the fans. And uh it it reminds me just we I don't get to just shoot the shit about <laughs> music right. and metal and everything you know it's uh, we're kind of inoculated from it here we're just so damn right busy. it's nice just to shoot the shit as a hell as yeah a very cool well tony obviously man we do want to tell people go over to Knucklebones. uh knuckle knucklebones.com correct that's right and knuckle like your hand b-o-n-z b-o-n-z right. like like the guy from stuck mojo bones that yes. that bones and um, you guys have been more than gracious enough to give us a little code that I will put in the description of the video for uh, 10% off for the next two weeks. So Ooh. if you guys want to buy something, that's a pretty good amount of savings on some of some of these pieces. And even if it's not a big savings on some of the other pieces, that's like no tax. Yeah, it's like no tax. That's perfect. Free shipping. And let's be honest, free mm. shipping. And if you could have this on your table, I mean, come on. Look at that thing. That's that's, a, that's that the one I'm buying. Sick. That that one right there to design was a was a chore. I'll bet. Be, because you know it's the perspective is cheated and you you know what can you actually see in the the way that that is that is done and to get it to to get it to where it was a good 3D vinyl piece it took some doing but we're we're real happy with it. Well, I can tell you for a fact, you're going to be even happier when my $155 shows up because I'm for sure buying this piece. When I saw it on your website, I was like, got to have 100% have to have that piece. So let me ask you this. So we've done um, with Pantera. So we've done uh vulgar display. Mm -hmm. Did that one for 3d right. vinyl. We've done the Cowboys from hell era, reinventing the steel set. And we've done far beyond driven. What what would you like us to see see us to do for uh, Pantera? I would I would honestly, if I was going to do a Pantera one, I would like to see just a if you could find the imagery. And I don't know again, I don't know the process real well, but if you could find the imagery from the 1990, but the very specific the Russia shows where they were all at their leanest and their meanest. And Phil had the, the Mohawk, the longer Mohawk going. And, and I mean, they were just intense. So that's, you, yeah, that's cow. That's Cowboys. That's Cowboys. Era, that's yeah. Cowboys era. So we, we did the Cowboys set. So there's a Phil. The, the problem is it's sold out now, but <laughs> right. The, I um, the, yeah, that Phil with the, where he still had the Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. And then he shaves it for, um, the vulgar display era. right how about that would you like the southern uh trend kill snake oh my god yes red, the red snake <laughs> that's my favorite album of the pantera era is the really? is great southern trend oh yeah i love it. it's so heavy 
It's it just is, such it a heavy, meaty record. Dark. Oh, yes. Super dark and heavy. Yeah, and, and they had Seth from Anal Cunt, uh, d- you know, doing all the screams on the album and stuff. Hell yes. The, the heavier, the better for me. I love the, you can't make it extreme enough for me. So, you know, <laughs> that that that's by far my favorite. And even watching Pantera today, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you can see it, but my background is the current Pantera tour. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Set. And And I mean, they've done such a nice job, even with the staging with the snake and the, you know, to really capture that. Have you got to see one of the shows? I'm going, um, the, the first one that's coming even near me is in July, but I'm going, I'm going July, like one night in Pittsburgh and then the next night in Indy. So, and then, and then I'm going again in, um, November for the Metallica tour. I'm going to go see it with Metallica as well. So, I'm very yeah, pumped you know, to see the Pantera. <laughs> you, you never know when it's going to get taken away. Get out there and see yeah. the bands. Would you got? Would you consider doing? And, and this might be the blasphemy that might cause the company problems. Would you do a current Pantera with Charlie and Zach? If if Pantera, if Para want, Pantera wanted us to do it, absolutely. Sure. Would you want to do it? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Pantera fan. Okay, you know, so f- for us. If, you know, the camp comes and says, this is Pantera. Then it's Pantera. Then it's, then it's Pantera. And like I say, all we need is a few thousand people around the world to agree with us. It's never something that's going to be mass produced. Right. That's, that's That would be perfect. Right. But that, that would be something they, they would come to us and say they want to do as we, you know, we would. Sure. We, would, we wouldn't presume there. Absolutely. Well, uh, Tony, this has been a lot of fun, man. One more time, knucklebones.com. The, uh, the collectibles are fantastic. Make sure you go over there, check them out, buy yourself one. If you're any kind of a collector and you love this kind of music, there should be something there that you love. And Tony, uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Chris Aiken presents guys. My pleasure. Speak to you soon. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right. Bye. All right. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.